What's up, everybody? It's Jaren from the Hockey Podcast Network's newest show, the Windy City Benders Podcast. My co-host Tanner and I bring our unique takes on Blackhawks hockey. Us on this show have been a, a pro Carlton guy. for He's the right coach for the situation. Giving it to our rivals. That's one of the things that kind of sucks. I wish we would have had the Blues in our division this year because our trash. As well as bringing in some guests from the NHL. Please welcome to the show, goaltender Scott Darling. The Eagle himself, Ed Belfort. Brian Bickle. David Boland. Letter Kenny. The, the show started out with uh, basically a, a beer league hockey team. And anybody who loves the game. Find us on all your favorite podcast apps, the Hockey Podcast Network website, and on social media at WCB Podcasts. This weekend's UFC 262 is sure to be a can't-miss event. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. This weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, sit under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to pull, put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete at a shot for millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN. For your shot at millions of dollars and total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get your shot at millions of dollars and total prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello ladies and gentlemen, hockey fans and Kings fans, and welcome to episode 46 of season 2 of the Kings Den, as always presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Jordy Cunningham. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode, the second last episode before the regular season ends, I might add. We have a lot to talk about in this game, only one Kings game to talk about, but a lot has happened this week, and we have a lot to get into. Playoffs are around the corner. Bit of a weird weird year. Hope for the first time ever, playoffs are going to be going on while the regular season is ending. A lot to, to discuss here in this episode, episode 46 of season 2 of the Kings Den. But we will start with the one LA Kings game to talk about, which was a 2-1 overtime loss against the St. Louis Blues on Monday night as the Kings finished their home schedule. Uh, this was a tough loss because, well, you're eliminated from the playoffs, so you're just, we went over this last episode. You're seeing what you have for next season, whose guys are playing for spots, right? They're playing for respect and they're playing for spots. Well, the, the Kings did a great job in this game. They allowed the, they, the Blues only had 19 shots on goal. Like, the Kings did a great job defensively in this game. It was just one miscue in overtime that cost them. And that's really all it was. But it was a pr- not the most exciting game for the first couple of periods. It was 0-0 
after the first period. Shots on goal were 6-5 to five for LA. The most exciting thing in the first period was there was uh, four penalties, two for each team. But uh, Leah Sanderson, nice to see him getting into the rough stuff a little bit. Took penalties for it, but getting in the rough stuff against Dakota Joshua. A little bit of rough stuff from Leah Sanderson, but that was about it in the first period. Then you go to the second period. A few more chances in the second period. It was uh, Kapari had a good chance. There was a few other good chances for the Kings, but again, it was still 0-0 after two periods. Kings had more chances in the second period, outshooting St. Louis 9-6 uh, to six in the second period. But again... It was 0-0 going into the third period. Kings had a few good chances, but just could not get anything past Jordan Bennington in the second period. So then you go to the third period, and about a minute 25 in, again, a bit of a defensive breakdown by the LA Kings as Bozak ended up in the slot all by himself and went backhand roof over Cal Peterson. That made it one to nothing. For the Blues early on in the third period from Schwartz and Falk. And again, on this play, Velarde just couldn't get back. Uh, it was I follow, kind of got taken out of the play. Roy got taken, kind of got taken out of the play. Bornfoot got taken out of the play. And it just left a bunch of space wide open in the middle for Bozak to go backhand roof on Cal Peterson. Again, that made it one to nothing early on. But a few minutes later, about six minutes later after that, you know who's been playing really well to end the season, and we've talked about it, but who's playing really well to end the season is Gabe Velarde. And just another insane pass, just another very, very nice pass from Gabe Velarde as he got it to Alex Ifollo, who one-timed one past Jordan Bennington. That made it one-to-one at the time, but again, just another very, very slick pass by Gabe Velarde. The way he's been playing this season, man, is... And especially here at the end of the season, it's been fun to watch. Ole Mata, who I kind of shit on last episode, he got the secondary assist on the goal, his fourth of the season. With uh, Velarde has five points in his last four games. Three goals, two assists. He's been playing great of late. And he had that a crazy assist against Anaheim as well. He's up to 23 points this season. Velarde has played very well. And you got to think, Velarde's still a kid. He doesn't even have a full season under his belt. He's played 62 career games. And he has 30 points in 62 career games. He's about a half a point. Just under half a point per game. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And this kid. Something special man. He's just going to get better and better and better. But. Uh, third period goes on. Tied at one. Final shots in the third period were 12-7. to seven For LA. With just over a minute left. Drew Doughty hit the post. It went off the post. Off the back of Bennington. And somehow. Stayed out. Just a crazy, crazy chance. But we ended up going to overtime. Tied at one. And then in the extra frame. Just 46 seconds in. A turnover by the LA Kings. Kempe was a part of it. I believe. Uh, turnover by the Kings goes right to uh, Falk. Falk goes and rips it past Cal Peterson. And that was overtime winner. As the St. Louis Blues went on to beat your LA Kings. By the score of 2-1 to one in overtime on Monday night. Falk was the first star in this game with a goal and an assist. Austin Wagner was the second star of this game. He actually had a very good game for the LA Kings as he was all over the ice. Four hits, two shots. He was all over the ice. And Ryan O'Reilly was the third star of 
the game as well. Like I said, Kings did a good job of uh, making sure St. Louis did, didn't get many pucks on net as, again, LA outshot St. Louis 27-19 to in the game. Uh, something that was very poor for for your LA Kings in this game, and you haven't seen this very often, 35.5% in the face-off circle. 35.5%. That is not good enough. But again, that's something rare. That's something you don't see very often at all. Something that changed the game a bit as well. Each team, 17 block shots. That's laying your body on the line. And the Kings have been good at doing that lately. Laying the body on the line. And they did it again on Monday night with 17 block shots. Again, each team with 17 block shots in the game. With the loss, the Kings still take the season series. 5-3, to three, or if you want to get technical, 5-1-2 and two against the St. Louis Blues. So, that's pretty good. That's very good. That's a very good season series against a team that is in the playoffs. Like, that's... It's, LA played very well against St. Louis this year. Very, very well. And it was... It was very cool to see. Very awesome to see because you can see how... You can see where this team is. You can see where this team is going to be. And this LA team is very, very close. And... It's fun to watch, man. It's fun to watch. Now, let's get to what head coach Tom McClellan had to say after the game. You guys know I love hearing what he had to say. And his first question, he just talked about the team's checking and defensive effort on Monday night. And he said, I thought we were, for the most part, responsible. We broke the puck out of our end quite well tonight, which was a good thing. The first goal they scored on, we missed on a back check that we should have picked that we should have picked somebody up, but other than that, there weren't a lot of mistakes defensively. And over time, the puck bounced over Kempe's stick, and they took advantage of it. But defensively, fairly satisfied with the game offensively I thought for a team that really has to work hard to score I thought we got cute we wanted to make plays when we should have been shooting the puck and it probably cost us the game when we play direct when we play north south when we play to the paint we have a better chance of winning when we play east west when we play through the slot one side of the ring to the other I don't think it favors our team we're still trying to figure that out eventually we'll get it and then he got asked about uh about what about the Kings in the defensive end and limiting the Blues shot total. And he said, as I said earlier, I think we broke the puck out fairly well tonight. Our neutral zone set up our, our breakouts and we were able to come out of our zone. We weren't under siege for, for very many shifts and therefore we didn't get that shoot and get a back mentality. St. Louis isn't a volume shooting team to begin with. They like to hold on onto the puck set up for one really good shot. And I thought we defended well against it. But the big part was the big part was the breakout part. We weren't We've been stressing out lately, working into position and moving the puck quickly enough. I thought we did a good job and that helped us on our defensive play. So, again, that's a good thing for the Kings. You can see improvements that they make. And then talking about uh, head coach Tom McClellan being asked about his system and his structure and how the team will develop with it. And he said... We have work to do. We've got to sit down and evaluate the players that we have here. I know they're not all going to be back. We've got to go out and recruit, find some other players that can help us. I think we have a lot of work to do, obviously. We've got to keep the veteran players, obviously. Quickie and Brownie haven't been playing in these games due to injury. We've got to keep them at a high level and get them back there when when the season starts next year. Our younger players that have been in the league now for a year or two must show improvement. They have... They, they have to begin to carry more of the load offensively, defensively, game management. It's a must that they graduate and move on to the next level breakthrough. That'll be a big challenge for us as a team. If we get that breakthrough and we'll augment and we augment the team a little bit with some players, we'll be okay. If we don't get a push through to the next level from a lot of players, it'll take us more time. We need it from them and we'll be direct we'll be 
directed that way heading into the summer. And then he just got asked about being in front of fans one last time because, of course, for the last few games of the season, uh, season uh, limited fans were allowed in the stands. And he said, for us uh, as an organization, it meant a lot. Obviously, a messed up year for everyone outside of sports, but for us in particular with hockey, having to play in front of empty arenas, empty buildings, empty arenas over and over again, finally getting people back in made a huge difference. You could feel the energy. I think as the games went on, our fan base seemed to grow or become more active in the games. Maybe we gave them more to cheer about. I thought the last game we could really feel it, and tonight it grew even more. I thank our fans for showing up. I wish them a healthy summer, and hopefully we get back in there. We've got 200,000, we got 20,000 people on opening night, and it feels incredibly different. That lift they give us, we've missed for a long time. So it's true. The, the, the Kings can't wait to have full fans back, and I hope, hopefully next year they can. Hopefully, next year, they can. Uh, Gabe Velarde, like we said, uh, four game, five points in his last four games. I follow also with his goal, has four points in, uh, past points in four of his last five games. And, uh, like I said, Ole Mata had the secondary assist on I follow's goal. That was his 99th career assist in the league. So, that's it for the, for that, sorry, as your LA Kings fall to St. Louis on Monday night by the score of 2-1. to one. Two more games left in the season. Two more games left in the season, both in Colorado on Wednesday night and Thursday night. And there's still, there's still stuff to play for. LA could upset, but we'll get to that in a second. Two more games to talk. Two more games in the regular season for LA. We will go over that next episode on Monday's episode. And we'll kind of do a year-end thing next episode. But we'll have a lot to discuss as well once the season is over. Because there's lots of work to do in the off season. And speaking of those last two games and how LA can kind of play spoilers. This is what I wanted to get out. Because it's a weird year. And like I kind of said in the opening of the episode... There's going to be the regular season still going on while the playoffs start, which is very strange. First time it has ever happened in NHL history. So the playoffs start on Saturday. And a lot of teams finished last weekend. And the Kings will be finished this week. They'll be finished before the playoffs start. But the Canucks and Flames are still playing. Vancouver Canucks and Calgary Flames are still playing next week. Very, very weird. But this is why I'm saying there's still something to play for. Every... Division is set. So, what I mean by that is... Toronto is going to face Montreal in the first round in the Scotia North Division as the 1v4. Meanwhile, Edmonton is going to face Winnipeg as the 2v3. In the Mass Mutual East, Pittsburgh, the number one seed, is going to face the New York Islanders, the number four seed. And then the Washington Capitals are going to face the Boston Bruins. Chara storyline writes itself. That's awesome. In the in the Discover Central Division, the Carolina Hurricanes are going to play the Nashville Predators, who sneak in. Dallas Stars miss the playoffs in a very strange year. And then the two seed Florida is going to play the number three seed Tampa Bay. I am so goddamn excited for that series. Tampa versus Florida. The first time the two Florida teams have played each other in the postseason. There was bad blood in that final game of the regular season. I am so fired up for this series. It's probably the one I'm looking forward to the most. But, so those ones are all set in stone. Meanwhile, 
in the West Division. There are still games to be played, and this means something because the four playoff teams are locked in the Honda West Division. Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota, St. Louis. St. Louis is going to be the four seed. Minnesota, they're most likely going to be the three seed, but there can be movement because Vegas is at 80 points with one game to go. Colorado is at 78 points with two games to go. Minnesota is at 75 points with two games to go. There can be a lot of movement there. So I wanted to give my playoff predictions, and I'm going to give them for the other for the Central, North, and East, but I'm not going to give them for the West because they are not set in stone yet. I will give them on the next episode, on Monday's episode of the Kingston. So, with that being said, let's start in the North. Leafs, Habs. One versus four. First time they've played in the playoffs against each other in a long time. I forget the year, but it's a long time. This is tough, but I, I got... I. I want here's the thing I don't like the Leafs I know the Leafs have a good relationship with the Kings obviously I don't like the Leafs but could they choke I don't know I don't know if they could choke or not that's the thing they might and there's still a few games to go in the North Division Someone could get hurt. There could be an injury. Vancouver has five games to go. Everyone, The North isn't done yet. Every team at least has one game to go. So, with that. Like, Toronto still has two games to go. Edmonton still has two games to go. Winnipeg, one game to go. Montreal, one game to go. Ottawa, one game to go. Calgary, four games to go. Vancouver, five games to go. I, I don't like this, but I'm going to go Toronto and six. Toronto and six there, and I'll go... Edmonton and five there. Like, McDavid is just going to... Like, Winnipeg is just a disaster. I don't understand how they're in third place. I don't think they're a very good team. That'll be done easy. Toronto and Edmonton will advance there. And then... I'll, I'll just... I'll do the first round first, and then I'll come back to it. How about that? So... Toronto and Edmonton will advance. Now let's go to the East. Pittsburgh against the New York Islanders is interesting. Very interesting. Boston against Washington. I'm going to go Boston in that one. I know Boston's... The experience is too much. And I know Washington has it as well. But I'm going to go Boston in seven in that. And I'm going to go Pittsburgh in six against the Islanders. So I got Pittsburgh and Boston there. And then in the Central, Carolina. I know Nashville has the advantage because they're going to allow more fans than Carolina, I believe. But Carolina and five there. And I'm so excited for the Florida-Tampa series. I'm so excited. And honestly, oh, I like both these teams, man. I like both these teams. I really like both these teams. But this is tough. This is tough. By the way, shout out Nashville for sneaking in, by the way. But hmm. the experience, I got to go with experience. So Tampa and seven. It's going to go seven. That's going to be an absolute grind of a series. But Tampa in seven. I gotta write. I have to write all these down because I'm going to forget them. And I gotta write all these down. So we'll go over 
the West uh, again next episode when we have everything finalized. So with that, Carolina Tampa would be the next round. I would guess I would go Tampa, Tampa and six. Oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, okay, Tampa and six. So Tampa will be the team out of the Central. I got Boston, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is the deepest they've been in a long time. I don't know, man. Toronto, Edmonton. Ugh. I don't want any of these teams to win. Uh. Well, how funny would it be if, if, uh, if Toronto and Boston met in the third round? That'd be awesome. That'd be hilarious. So yeah, let's pick Boston and Toronto just so they can match up because that would be a very, very funny. Okay, those are my predictions so far. I got to write all them down. I got, I'll go back and listen to this and write them all down and we will go through them as the playoffs go on. And now with that, we got one more thing to talk about. And this was a pretty big story at the start of this week. And there's kind of been rumors about it for a while. And this is heavily to do with the Kings. Is Jack Eichel is not happy in Buffalo. He hasn't asked for a trade. He hasn't said he wanted out yet. But he pretty much said that the other day, didn't he? He pretty much said that. This kid's 24 years old. He's coming off a herniated disc. That's not a nice injury. Isn't it? It's in his neck as well, isn't it? He's coming off an, a nasty injury, but 24 years old. He's been one of the best players lately. Again, the pick behind McDavid a few years ago. It sounds like he wants out a Buffalo. And teams are going to line up for him. And one of them is your LA Kings. We've talked about this a little bit before. And there's rumors out there that the Kings inquired on Eichel at the trade deadline. And my question is, I got two questions. One, would you do it? Do you, As a Kings fan, do you want to trade for Jack Eichel? Two, what would you give up? Do you think, and with the prospect, how deep the prospect pool is, if you are going to do a deal, could you do it without Byfield? Could you do it without QB in there? Could you do it without Quinton Byfield? in there again he's got what is it six more years left at 10 million each you have to remember you have Kopitar and Doughty both at 10 million as well so it's a commitment doing this and you're gonna have to trade a lot you're gonna have to trade a lot so would you do it would uh, if you're Rob Blake would you do this but if you're the GM of the LA Kings would you do this Jack Eichel has six more years left at $10 million and in the 22-23 season, a no-movement clause kicks in. So, would you do it? And if you make that trade, you're going to have Kopitar, Doughty, Eichel as, what's that? As $30 million on your cap. $30 million. So, one, would you do it? Two, who are you giving up? 
Tweet at us at the King's Den THPN and let us know. I will actually, I'm going to tweet out that question as well because I think it is very, very interesting and we'll elaborate more on the next episode of the King's Den as well because there's a fit there. There, there could be a fit. The Kings have enough pieces to trade for Jack Eichel. It's just, is it the time to trade for Jack Eichel? I would argue yes, but at the same time, do you want that contract? And again, it's, he's been so good, but it's also hard to tell, it's hard to judge a player who's played in Buffalo because they've been a dumpster fire. Reinhardt wants out. Rustalainen wants out. It's, it's a bit of a dumpster fire in Buffalo right now. But, Apparently, the Kings have interest in Jack Eichel. And it sounds like Jack Eichel wants out of Buffalo. So, if you're the Kings, do you make this trade? I could see the Rangers making a bid for Jack Eichel as well. I could see a few teams. I could see teams that you don't expect make a bid for Jack Eichel. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a very, very interesting to see what happens this offseason. And we're going like, to be right here talking about it all the time. But, again... Kings are apparently interested in Jack Eichel. What are you giving up? One, would you make the deal? Would you, do you want to trade for Jack Eichel? Two, what are you giving up? Tweet at us at the Kings Den THPN or hit us up on Instagram at the Kings Den THPN or hit me up at Cunningham Jordy on Twitter. And also, of course, as we wrap up the show here, we are presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. So don't forget to follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter and Instagram at HockeyPodNet. Or on Facebook, just search the Hockey Podcast Network. On YouTube, just search the Hockey Podcast Network. Or check us out on Patreon for just $1. You can find all of our exclusive bonus content and so much more. And also, before we let you go, don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, and review to not only the Kingston, but to every other podcast around the Hockey Podcast Network. Because again, everyone is just Killing it, doing so well, getting ready for the playoffs as we wind down on the season here. Everyone is just that everyone loves bringing the content to you, the fan, here at the Hockey Podcast Network. And we're working so hard and we're just trying to get better and better here as we go along. So don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, and review to not only the Kingston, but to every other podcast here around the Hockey Podcast Network. And with that, have a great weekend. Stay safe. Wear your mask. And we'll talk to you on Monday for episode 47 of season 2 of The King.